Welcome back to one of my podcasting. And you know, I don't talk about dating, but I feel like I just, it interests me so much, even though my enthusiasm for going out and dating has diminished quite a bit, but I like to go ahead and just surmise what men and women are doing anyway, because, you know, I am always been curious about what younger men and women do, you know, the Gen Z types and, you know, People like my nephew and my niece and what they go through because they're different ages. My nephew is uh, in his early 30s. My niece is uh, just fresh into college and she's 18. And I just look at, you know, the differences of what girls right now would be in. And for me, you know, being my age into my 40s, I don't want to date anybody my age. And if I do want to date with anybody, it has to be younger. And that's due to in part that I had a really bad experience altogether dating because I never really got that far in relationships anyway. And even if I got a chance to get into it by by accident, I didn't handle it well because I never really knew how to handle relationships. <clears throat> and even if I tried, I felt like I got screwed. Same thing with friendships, where I feel like when I got into friendships and I felt like I was doing all the work, all the heavy lifting, and I felt like I never found an equal. But then I would just give people chances anyway. And I noticed, you know, early on, I was trying to be a people pleaser, especially when it came to women. I was people pleasing. I was way too nice. And I got stepped over a lot. And I let it happen too much. And it took a long time for me to really learn that lesson over and over and over again. So for those of you that do not realize that, I think some of you online could use my advice because I've learned from experience as opposed to being some mentor that I've done it all and I know I've been successful. No, 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 I haven't been, all right? But I think just by talking about this, I think others can relate to it. And I hope some of you will release that, realize that because when I'm not podcasting, this is the kind of stuff I talk about, especially during the holidays because, you know, loneliness is a thing for those out there. And for people like me, I've learned to find things to distract me and find things to keep me happy during the holidays when it comes to Christmas, Thanksgiving, the Christmas and New Year's. And as I record this, the year's almost up, 2021, but you might be hearing this in 2022. So I'm not going to leave all of you out. And when I look at the options, I mean, I've tapped out of dating because of the fact that it's just, it's not fun anymore. I mean, online dating really sucks. And I noticed that I did a good jump of online dating pre-pandemic. Like I had jumped on the match eHarmony and I bought subscriptions, by the way. I bought a subscription for Hinge. I bought one for Bumble and I had Tinder. And honestly, I just put myself to the spot, number one, where I was just analyzing every girl I talked to and I was just trying to just filter through the bullshit to find a girl that actually was interested in me, like-minded and just kind of fit my level like i mean i put myself i put my value up pretty high now these days whether you you know think i'm not that valuable or not i think i, I put myself at a pretty high level now for what i do and so when i did that you know some people just like where i was going with that and that's okay and I had a lot of girls respond well to it and that's all right I don't think I was being manipulative and I don't think I was trying to, I was trying to be completely transparent and honest more than I ever have in my life. So there's that part I'm trying to do. 
But the problem is that transparency is very tough on online dating and trying to cut through the bullshit to find somebody that actually is interested in you and will actually just go out with you without the forethought that a girl might have. To, oh, I just want to have sex. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm not trying to jump into the bed with you. Now, the other problem is that there's just enough of that stereotype out there that there will be something wrong with me if I wasn't looking to just to get into a girl's pants and get into bed with her. Okay. So I have to just grow to live with that assumption and there's nothing I can do about it. But anyway, there's those that they go through the chase, the chase I went for 20 plus years, got tired of it and just stopped. But now there's a loneliness of online dating that psychology today talks about. And I thought this would be an interesting story. What does the internet enable and disable when it comes to online dating? This, the, this article is written by Dr. Anthony Solard, PhD, The Art of Living Free is his book. And some of his key points, he says, are A, texting becomes particularly challenging when emotions need to be adequately transmitted. B, we need to ask ourselves, how can we integrate short-term convenience and long-term enjoyment in our lives? And C, to meet the right person and use online dating sites, don't become a deer caught in the headlights of innumerable glossy profiles. And I'll bring that part up in a moment about the profiles in here. And this is actually a eight-part series that he's actually writing uh, that, that talks all about this kind of thing. But this particular story caught my eye. Now, they talk about the elusive balance of convenience and enjoyment. Let me try to go and decode this for you. So texting's a new courtship. The new form of getting to know someone new and attempting not to be vulnerable in the early stages of dating. Plus, you're also most likely not texting somebody through your phone through a number that you can call that person on. You're probably reaching them through Snapchat or the dating app itself. And you might just be talking through that device or that app with a good chance knowing that you might lose that person. That person could just drop right off or let you go and you'll lose that connection. So you're hanging by a string hoping that you don't say the wrong thing to lose that connection with somebody unless you're able to go and move them over to the phone. But even then doesn't guarantee you anything. So they talk about being who you want to become. If you profess to want a serious relationship, but in practice partake of the former and a relentless search for approval from the opposite sex to fortify your fragile ego, you can run, but you can't hide. Now that's one thing I also did as well. I responded to multiple profiles. I never waited on one person and waited for them to get back to me. I didn't have the time. I didn't feel like taking the time to do that and worrying about it. So I didn't ever have a problem talking to too many girls on profiles on a regular basis, hoping that something would happen. And for some reason, I would always get better responses from free apps like Plenty of Fish at one time more than anything else. Believe it or not, the last couple of dates that I did back in early 2020 came from plenty of fish of all places plenty of fish plenty of fish actually had better responses for me there than anywhere else now one other thing i think was very important in this story was finding the right person requires vulnerability if you desire to meet the right person you wish to use online dating sites don't become a deer caught in the headlights 
Recognize these meticulously curated images and words take the age-old practice of self-presentation to new stunning levels yet camouflage much deeper insecurities. I don't take any profile at face value. And here is why. NBC News actually wrote about this. The online dating beauty filter trap. So we know, you know, thanks to Instagram and Snapchat and other things and other, you know, apps and things like that where young ladies can go ahead and, you know, change the look of what they look like on photos to whatever they want. Well, there are so many different filters. A dating coach named Eric Resnick actually talked about the fact that beauty filters are a scourge of online dating. Quote, they're very popular. Every, everyone uses them. Women, men, 20-somethings who don't remember a world without Instagram and 50-year-olds who'd prefer to hide signs of aging. Now, on a practical level, there is reasoning to have beauty filters because, well, he's trying to say don't do the edits. And the reason he says is because a visibly filtered face or retouched body could turn potential matches off. Because if you get to see that person in real life and they don't look like they say, not as advertised, then you're just already doing a turn off right off the bat. Not a good way to start. A red flag immediately. Also, he says it's also hard, not hard to fault people for trying to conform to today's pervasive social media driven beauty standards, especially on apps that treat us like merchandise and online catalog. In our increasingly visual culture, there are powerful influences, societal and technological, that push people into digital self-enhancement. And beauty filters are made to make you look closer to the standard. So part of it is also because some girls probably use beauty filters because of the idea of where the health and beauty industry has programmed young women to go and think that they have to have certain lips. They have to have certain eye structure, face structure, body structure, all of it. So if they can do that, why not? Not to mention, it's getting easier to do because some of the apps that are out there, Face App or Facetune, Huawei phones come with a beauty mode that automatically puts a filter on your face. We know that we see it for Instagram, we see it for TikTok, all these different beauty images. And research is still unclear on the impact of beauty filters on our mental health. Whether it's undeniable in a world where we are constantly staring at ourselves, is it easy to feel inadequate? Those kind of things you have to think about. And also because of the fact that when people are just going through a swiping culture, right? If people just want to go just do and swipe, which we've talked about here on the program, you want to be able to like profiles and you're only giving the self the short attention span of maybe a couple of seconds, you're not going to catch the retouching or photoshopping. You're just going to say, oh, cute, swipe right. And then you'll get into it. And then you might just say, oh, you know what? I took it face value. And not to mention, there's also catfishing that you also think about as well. What would happen? And even the story from NBC News actually talks about the fact that there might be these accessible tools that will make you look more like the widely admired beauty ideal. But if you use them, you could be disappointing everyone, including yourself, and be called a catfish. So watch out for that beware if you try to do it and just be aware of how you know people are handling themselves when it comes to dating anyway and trying to find the right person i mean you don't want to be dating and feeling like you need to have somebody the chase might give you a rush of dopamine but honestly take it for me you got to have better things to do with your life than just chase 
And honestly, if you're keeping yourself so busy and you're, and you're really making something of yourself and self-improving yourself, somebody will eventually catch on to you if that's what's meant to be. And if it's not what's meant to be like me, that's okay too. So take that nugget of knowledge from yours, Truly Kinga Podcast, and I'll talk to you next time.